Hey there, I'm Grace. And I'm Amelia. And welcome to the Women Invest in Real Estate podcast, where we talk about getting started in real estate, scaling, and we give you the inside scoop about our day-to-days as full-time investors. Interested in learning how to double your cash flow without the headache of turning your property into a hospitality-based short-term rental? Introducing Midterm Rentals. Register for our self-guided Midterm Rental Profit Academy course, where we walk you through step-by-step how to identify, analyze, furnish, market, and self-manage a midterm rental. Sign up at womeninvestinrealestate.com slash mtrprofitacademy and use code podcast for $50 off today. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Wire Podcast. We know you guys love hearing about midterm rentals, so today we're bringing you another episode about the lovely MTR strategy. We like to talk about all the great things of MTR, but today we're going to cover MTR pitfalls. So we have five here that we're going to warn you about, and we hope you Mm -hmm. find this useful. Yeah. So number one is utilities. This is something that is coming to bite me in the butt so badly this year. And basically utilities is going to be your biggest, not biggest expense, because obviously you have a mortgage and that's a very expensive thing. But besides the mortgage, utilities are going to be huge. And if you do not keep track of the usage, you can get bitten so bad on tenants overusing the heat and the electric and just causing massive expenses for Yeah, utilities are a huge hidden cash flow killer. So, killer. Yes, that's actually what I think we wanted this episode to be named, and then we came up with pitfalls. (laughs) (laughs) These are yeah, these are big (laughs) cash flow killers. So, like for the utilities, so how can you get around that, Grace? Like you said, this has kind of bit you in the butt. So, what are you implementing going forward? negate that. Exactly. So I'm coming up on about a year for most of my midterm rentals. And now I'm doing my bookkeeping, looking and seeing, oh my God, my estimates for utilities are way lower than the actual usage, aka people are not being smart with the utilities because they know I don't have to pay it. So what I'm doing to move forward is I added a utility addendum to my lease that says we will pay the average use. Anything else is going to get billed back to you. Do you Go have ahead. that dollar amount in there or is it just average use and it's ambiguous? I believe that we have average use because we were going to put in the dollar amount, but if they were going to ask for it, we could just pull it up online and our utility accounts are very easy to see that. So mm-hmm. we just went with average use so I could use it for all the properties and not have to change it every single property. Most people aren't going to ask, I assume, because they don't read it. And then if ever people need to find out, we can show them. But I was telling you that I saw that I had a tenant in October, which October in Iowa is not cold, had like a $200, $300 heating bill. Like what the heck are you doing heating in October? And so I I don't even... I've had that issue before too. In August, people from a really warm climate, they actually were from Jamaica and they were traveling CNAs. They thought like 70 degrees was cold. They had the heat on in August when I went in and I turned it down and like set the... That has a thermostat where I can control it. And so I like set a limit on it. But I was like, oh my gosh, there's people from all over the country, all over even maybe the world Mm -hmm. staying at your midterm rental. And some of them might not be accustomed to the cold or the hot and might really ramp up those utilities. Yeah. And I have a lot of tenants who go home during the weekend. I know you do too. And so if they leave the thermostat super high and then they're gone for 
for four days. I don't want to pay for that. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to also add reminders like signs on the doors and by the thermostats that say like, hey, if you're leaving, it's the wintertime, set it to this. In the summertime, set it to this, that you don't have to pay for the utilities. I don't have to pay for the utilities and just be overall more efficient. Yeah, that's a great plan. So two ways you can mitigate this, like we talked about just to summarize. One, have it in your lease, either average utilities or a set number and anything over that needs to be covered by the tenant. And then two, have like little signage or have in your Mm -hmm. welcome packet ways to cut down on costs for utilities. Yeah. Be proactive. Exactly. It's all about being proactive. And I was not proactive the past year. I didn't keep this a priority. And now I'm realizing that I paid so much in utilities. But last thing I want to say is it's also nice because if there are tenants who want you know, to keep it up super high or in the summer, keep the AC super cool. They're more than welcome to, they'll just have to pay for it. And that's fine because they clearly pay for that at home, wherever home is and they pay the utilities. So they have the option, but they're going to pay for it because I'm not paying for you to keep your house at 60 degrees during a 95 degree summer. And honestly, ACs are only meant to cool 20 degrees below what it is outside. Fun fact. Learn yes. that from our friend Anam. So number two cash flow killer on our chart is <laughs> location. So C or D class neighborhoods don't really work for midterm no. rentals. And you could have a really hard time finding tenants, therefore cutting into your cash flow. And I even have a couple properties that are in like definitely B class areas, but they're near like maybe a few streets over some not great areas. And I have had a couple people who have reached out about the property, got the actual address and were like, oh, this does not look like a good area because they're looking online at crime maps or whatever. They've never been there and have actually not rented because of that. Luckily, I've had no trouble keeping my midterm rentals full. And the people who do book it and show up, it they know it's a nice neighborhood. They feel safe. So just be very, very careful of that when you're going the midterm rental route. Like steer absolutely clear from bad areas. Absolutely. And moving into number three kind of has to go with that is noisy locations. These do not work. One of the top three questions that I probably get asked when a nurse specifically is looking to book my unit is, is this a noisy location? A lot of them work nights. So if it's super busy during the day, if it's really on a loud, busy road, or if it's in a loud building that doesn't have good insulation in the walls that have neighbors moving around, like this could be a, become a problem. Yeah. You want your tenants to be happy. Most of the time, midterm rental tenants are seriously, we say this all the time, but it's true. They're here to work, sleep, eat and repeat. So they are not messing around with living in a noisy, bad area. So don't even mess with potential units that are going to bring that those issues. Definitely. Okay. Number four, cash flow killer, cleaning fees. This is something Grace, you're actually going through right now and implementing. So do you want to talk more about it? Yes. So I should have done what Amelia did off the bat and just had my tenants pay for the cleaning fees. But my initial philosophy was I'm charging top dollar. I'd rather just, I pay the cleaning fee and they worry about paying one invoice and You know, because with midterm rental tenants, it's all about how easy is it for them to get into your unit because they're doing this every three months. So my thinking was, I'll just pay it and I'll charge top dollar and I'll make the same money. Well, I'm now realizing that I've been paying $150 for cleaning every three months. That's 50 bucks a month. And if you're only cash flowing, you know, four or $500, that's a significant $50 is a significant chunk of that. 
So what I'm doing now is I'm going to include that fee with the deposit and they're going to pay for it because I noticed that there really isn't a difference in whether or not somebody is going to book your place or not over if it includes the cleaning. And I think most of them are used to paying the cleaning fee. So Mm -hmm. that's why I switched over. And I'm also going to switch my cleanings from turnover cleanings to deep cleans. That's one another thing that I'm realizing every three months, I should really have a deep clean. I want these places to be super clean, especially because a lot of them have pets. So I really want to make sure that there's a deep clean. So that's in another maybe 50 bucks of cleaning for me. Yeah, just adding it into my lease, making sure it's advertised correctly, that they're paying for the cleaning fees. And this is going to save me a ton of money. So when you say you're adding it into your deposit, clarify. So are you doing like a $500 deposit plus $150 cleaning fee? Or is it a $500 deposit, $150? of which will be held no matter what for a cleaning fee because you honestly could do either way yeah either way is gonna work but for me i'm actually adding it to the deposit so if the deposit's 500 and the cleaning's 150 they need to give me 650 and then they know that 500 is refundable and i just want to make sure that you know with a lot of furniture if they like ruin a couch or a bed or something i have enough money to replace that furniture i don't think over three months that somebody's gonna you know break a bunch of windows and cause the need for a new paint job or new cabinets or anything. But I, I think the one thing I may have to replace would be furniture. So I just want to make sure my deposit can cover the biggest piece of furniture. Yeah, especially if there's pets. So what I do, like Grace said, I do charge a cleaning fee. I think my my cleaner, I know, charges me $110 per clean. So I'll ask for the deposit, which is $500 to hold the unit. And then on two days before they move in, I ask for first month's rent and the cleaning fee. Because I feel like that makes it a little bit easier for them. We've talked about a lot, like they are moving between places every three months. So Mm -hmm. the bills can really start to stack up. You know, if they have two months worth of deposits tied up, it can be a lot. So I think that makes it a little bit easier for them. Like I I asked for that on day one of the lease or two days before. The day of move in, I say... You pay rent the day of moving and you're not getting the code till you pay it. So I get the deposit maybe a month out, two months out. And then I just say, just pay it before you move in. Think about how many turns that you've had. Let's say you've had 20 turns this past year and Mm -hmm. you've paid 150 per turn. How much is that? That's like $3,000. Like that's a lot of money. So it's definitely not out of the norm to charge a cleaning fee. I didn't do it right away, but very quickly after I started, I started charging that to the tenant. So that's fairly normal. Right. And at the end of the day, my initial thought of like, oh, I'll just charge top dollar and make it easy. It's okay to be wrong. Like I kind of realized that's just, that's not really how they think. They see it and then they can just pay the extra cleaning fee and they don't care. They don't really add that into their monthly total. They're just looking at the monthly total, not the other fees. So don't be afraid to change leases and change things up and do things differently. Amelia and I are doing that all the time and you don't get it right on the first try. And if you try to get it right on the first try, it's going to take you for freaking ever to do anything because you're going to be in analysis paralysis. Absolutely. Okay, that brings us to number five. You know how we like to keep our episodes short, sweet, and to the point. So number five is not having a very detailed list of all of the supplies Mm -hmm. for your unit. That includes number of towels, number of cups, plates, 
pots and pans, everything. Because yes, it may not seem like a big deal. And I'm of this opinion sometimes that, you know, a towel or two goes missing. But if every turn you're having Mm -hmm. to replace two towels, a couple dishes, it really starts to add up. It does start to add up, especially if you're like you and I, where we've got 10, 12 midterm rentals. That means we're doing a turnover theoretically once a week. So 20 bucks for two towels once a week, that's like 80 bucks a month. So that needs to be kept track of and charged back to the tenant. And I am so guilty of this. I had tenants accidentally take sheets, accidentally take towels, accidentally take utensils, like literally everything. And do Amelia and I have a list of everything in our unit? No, (laughs) but you should. And you should make sure you get either your cleaner or you, if you're doing a walkthrough or your PM knows how to account for it so that you can A, make sure your rentals stay stocked and B, pass those charges on as they should be. Yeah. So one of Grace and our my words for 2023 is elevate. I think this is another version of elevating. I think we should walk through each of our units and make a list of every single item and then give it to our cleaner. It's so simple. You give the list to your cleaner. You could do a f- printed list or a Google mm-hmm. doc that you share with them and just have them every turn check yes or no. Is this item here? Yeah. yeah. And Brant, even today, like just an hour ago was like, we should really our next turnover for every unit uh set like block off two or three days and do a deep dive of like outstanding maintenance deep clean now i'm saying let's add the midterm rental inventory to this and just really like have a really good sense of what our units look like what's in them what shape are they in is does a tub need reglaze does a faucet need replaced like stuff that tenants might not tell us about but we should really be on top of to make sure units are really nice and quality I just had a unit, just a side note, I had a, a fourplex that I pay the water on that literally doubled last month. And so I did a walkthrough with my plumber and like two of the showers were dripping like pretty consistently. One of the toilets was leaking. Pro tip, if you have a toilet you think is leaking, put food color in the tank. And if the food color leaks into the bowl, that means it's leaking. The flap is leaking. So cheap way to figure that out. But yeah, like doing that like semi-annual walkthrough, I think is also another way to avoid cash flow killers. (laughs) Yeah. So, And that's the same thing like going back to the utilities is you have to keep your eye on it. If you don't keep your eye on it and check and look over your numbers, you'll never know that you've got nine leaky toilets and you're paying an extra $500 a month in water bills. Yes, water water can really eat into your cash flow. I actually, the city of Des Moines, this is really nice and you should check out if your city does this, if you're listening, you can set up an alert on their website. If your daily usage goes over like this, a certain threshold that you set, it will send you an email. So that way, if you get an email like three days in a row that your usage has been really high, you can be Mm. like, okay, there's an issue here. Mm. The reason why I turned this on, this was at my 11 unit, is because one month my water bill is normal around 600 one month no shit it was fifteen hundred dollars and i was oh my god can you imagine like getting that bill and you're just like what the hell and for nothing because like nobody used that water it just went right down the drain there was one toilet that was running one one toilet that was running constantly Yeah, so we got that fixed, but now I have those alerts on. So definitely check into that. I think that's a pro tip. 
like if your city offers that. And another thing I'm just thinking of too, is like, don't be afraid. And I use tenant cloud and I can make like property board announcements that everybody could see. It's like making an announcement every now and then that says, if you have runny, running toilets, X, Y, Z, let me know. But Mm -hmm. also another reason why it's great to pass the utilities on to the tenant is they're going to be that much more inclined to think about it, notice it and let you know. Absolutely. Okay, well, I feel like this was actually a really informative episode. So thank you guys for listening. If you have any recommendations or you, you know, are enjoying the podcast, feel free to reach out to us on Instagram. Our Instagrams are linked in the show notes and we'll catch you in the next episode. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you loved today's episode, please leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to check us out and join our community at womeninvestinrealestate.com and follow us on Instagram at wirewithtwoeyes.community.